Radiant Devices explore a sound that draws upon art rock, down-tempo, electronic, and industrial aesthetics. I got a chance to speak with Moj Stokely about the album Unheated. The project deals with trauma, silence, and depression. This is that conversation. Don't remember your name. Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest, front woman of the band Radiant Devices, Moj Stokely. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. The new album is called Unheated, and I want to start by unpacking unheated because there's a lot that goes into this. So first and foremost, the definition of unheated is heard or noticed, but disregarded. Mm-hmm. So why did you feel unheated, the single word, exemplified what this album would be about? We're working on concepts of trauma, silencing, dehumanization. The the work began before some of the movements like Me Too and Black Lives Matter became what they are now. So it's interesting to be releasing this album now, but this piece was supposed to be about sort of that first person experience and the next grouping um, body of work will be about sort of the aftermath and how divergent trauma can create personalities, right? So it can create the... Um, greatest humanitarian because they experience trauma or it can also create the person that hurts people because they were hurt, right? This band has never shied away from experimentation. Mm-hmm. You guys are incredibly experimental with the arrangements and even the instruments that you use to achieve the sound you're looking for. Does that continue to guide this band in the creative process, seeing what you can use to create which sounds? Absolutely. I think we've always just been interested in whatever has sonic value. I'm very interested in like uh, objects as sort of a symbol of like we can make something out of anything. There's something very physiological and tactile and um, like some of these objects give feedback the way that that like prepared for music instruments don't give feedback. Like a sheet of metal is not made to be an instrument. And so it'll it'll resonate back at you kind of as violently (laughs) as you give to it. And same with like a gas can or anything like that. I like that. I think I lean towards percussion, for instance, more when it's a song that I'm feeling more upset or angry or complex. So let's get into some of these specific tracks. When we started, you were referencing some of the things that led you to write some of these songs, trauma being one of those mm-hmm. things. Let's talk about Drowning Chain. You talk specifically about depression, but almost in a apologetic way. Sorry. 
Yeah. So as a culture that doesn't do a very good job of acknowledging mental illness, we are ahead of and do better than some other cultures in the world for sure. But um, we still aren't very good at it. We're still not good at this conversation. um, And we're not good at acknowledging that kind of most people have some form of mental illness on some capacity, just as much as anyone can have capacity to have a cold or get pneumonia for a while or whatever. You know, and so I think from an early age, at least I personally was really convinced that depression is temporal, that anxiety is temporal, that th- those kinds of mental sufferings are are temporary. Because like, Tom Cruise would lead you to believe you just to- exercise and take <laughs> vitamins, right? And it's totally, over. totally. Yeah. And so like, it makes sense to have anxiety before you take an exam. It makes sense to be sad when somebody dies, right? Um, but to have durational depression, to, to have constant bouts of anxiety and so forth, um, I didn't even have language for it. I didn't believe it was the same thing. And so I think I grew into, and I, I'm not the only one, I'm certain of this, a sort of a habit of being sorry all the time, apologetic. Um, sorry, I don't feeling, feel good. Yeah, exactly. And and even as an adult, even as someone who has learned to communicate with the people who are close with me that things are going on, I'm, I'm having a hard time, um, today I had a panic attack, I'm going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, even in that situation, even in communicating with people who know and are ready and welcoming and all of the things, it becomes a situation where you feel their feeling like you it becomes a cycle of empathy almost <laughs> like they're empathizing with you and you're empathizing with the fact that they're affected by you and it, and it's a feedback loop right the um, other part of this song yes you are apologetic the other part of this though repeats the title of this project mm-hmm. unheeded and so what this leads me to believe is there's the half of us that don't want to talk about this because of the way we feel about it but then there's mm-hmm. the other part that doesn't want to talk about it because we feel no one will care yeah, and and sometimes you do in fact talk about it, and no one cares, um, or it's dismissed uh, or called something else. You know, um, especially as someone who's a youth worker, it works on the south side with um, students and west side and all over the place with students from underserved communities. Like I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a classroom or spoken with uh, an educator or someone in the building that doesn't understand at all that the population they're working with are going through serious home life stuff and live in food deserts and things like that, right? It's important to recognize that like, some of these kiddos are dealing with PTSD at age 10, right? Um, or younger sometimes. And so if we continue, if we start dismissing them at age 10, right, then it becomes a cyclical growing problem as they get older, too. It becomes new systems of, of silencing and not being heard. It's a When you talk about the things that you talk about in Drowning Chain, how do the words you choose to describe it as well as how the concept unfolds inform the next song? And what I mean by that is, do you want there to be a counter to a Drowning Chain that doesn't sound particularly hopeful? 
I mean, I'd, I'd argue that most of the album is not hopeful. <laughs> um, and to be silenced is really a damning thing. And actually, the definition of a drowning chain, a uh, drowning chain is, is, is something that, like, um, lifeguards learn about. Um, so there are all these things that exist, like your education around swimming and so forth and um, having the capacity to swim and so forth. And, and there's like five or six things. And if any one of those things is missing, then you, you have a exponential higher likelihood to drown, right? Um, and so I'm using that as a metaphor to talk about the fact that like once you remove just the tiniest thread of capacity for someone who is hurting uh, because of trauma, because of depression or whatever, that becomes its own exponential possibility of further suffering. Is it a coincidence that you use water to kind of illustrate that overwhelming feeling? I feel like water is what comes to mind when you just can't breathe. And I, I mean, I feel like that sensation exists I mean, it's part of the Black Lives Matter movement, right, because of um, because of some of the videos that were released from some of the deaths and so forth, right? So it exists there, um, the, the we can't breathe. But that's what it feels like when when you're really trying to, like, hold yourself up in spite of, like, a PTSD episode. It's like, I, I need to breathe, but I, I can't. And sometimes physically, that's literally what's happening, too. Um, and so it feels like the quickest image... I, I have is just like not being able to release myself from being underwater. How does that same metaphor for drowning and suffering lend itself to save yourself? Somehow we, I, I seem to write a vengeance song first for every album. Um, it's a survivor song. I'm a survivor of sexual violence. And so I think it's sort of, if you keep pushing someone back into a corner, eventually they're going to feel some kind of heightened way. Um, so I, like, like I was talking about the next um, body of work that, that will speak to this album, you know, like that can create the person that then, because they're hurt, they hurt, right? Um, and I mean like hurt other people. Hurt um, people, hurt people. Exactly. It, it's obviously like a, a musing, a sort of like a daydream of like, one of, one, of, one of the lines is, it's not how many feet under for you, it's how soon. Um, so like, I'm not a violent person in reality, um, but that musing of like, I've been hurt and I want you to suffer as well um, becomes very palpable and real the more that people dismiss your reality and dismiss whatever trauma you've experienced or belittle it um, or make it into something else. It's, it's your fault, uh, you know. It's against back. It's foot flat and grass. Considering that you are an accomplished poet, mm -hmm. spoken word artist, how much of that lends itself to how you present on these musical projects? I mean, lyrics, the word lyrics comes from lyric poetry. So to me, this is just an extension, right? It's, a, it's more of a collaboration with musical form. But it, it is tricky because I can't freeform. I am bound to... There are to, beats in there. Exactly. Bars. 
<laughs> which makes it very tricky. The process for editing and re-editing and re-editing is greater. There would be days that Fyodor would have sent me a track. I'd write all the lyrics. Um, and since this is about trauma, that also means that the process is traumatizing and re-traumatizing. And then he'd have had some time to go back into the studio and tweak some more things and send it back to me. Then I'd be like, awesome. I have to rewrite these lyrics so that they make like some kind of tangible, cohesive sense. So then again, it's traumatizing and re-traumatizing because of the nature of the concept of the album. And what makes yeah. it worth the trauma? What makes um, it worth revisiting these things? That's a really good question. I, because I create so much art that's derivative of uh, whatever hardships I've experienced. I think the conversations are extremely nourishing. Like even this feels very nourishing to me. Um, in this moment, this feels like a great opportunity to hear myself acknowledge my life history, um, to acknowledge the accomplishment of having made an album that took years to to complete, but but also. To utter these things can be difficult, and I know that there's someone on the other side of that speaker somewhere out in radio land that hasn't given themselves permission to speak the thing. So to hear the thing, if it's their truth or someone they know has a similar truth, that's a healing thing. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards art that lives around hardship. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just Oakley, thank you very much for making time. Thank you. The album is Unheated, Radiant Devices. Look for it now. Uh-huh.